0: Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ.
1: For our responsive readings, we've still been going going through the uh, Baptist faith and message. Uh, This week we are on the last things. I will read the light part, and together we will read the bold. I want us to notice something. Um, our uh, statement of faith as Southern Baptists, um, it doesn't take a position on the millennium. If you, if you know what I'm talking about, uh, it does not take a position. So um, we, we we believe in unity uh, in the essentials uh, and and, uh, and the things that Christians could disagree about. Um, our statement of faith doesn't say you have to be a... Uh, Pre-millennialist or uh, or uh, anything like that. It just so um, I think that's something that we can all kind of agree on together, regardless of what our position about the millennium might be. So uh, let's say it together. Uh, I'll say the light part, and together we can read the old. God, in His own time and in His own way, will bring the world to its appropriate end, according to His promise. Jesus Christ will return personally and visibly in glory to the earth. The dead will be raised, and Christ will judge all men in righteousness. The unrighteous will be consigned to hell, the place of everlasting punishment. The righteous in their resurrected and glorified bodies will receive their reward and will dwell forever in heaven with the Lord.
0: Who else can I stand? Good Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Turning your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter twenty-eight. Genesis chapter twenty-eight. This morning um, we will be looking at the chapter that includes uh, Jacob's vision, where he sees the uh, the ladder that's that's going up into the heavens, and he sees. uh, uh, angels coming up and down, and then we see this magnificent vision uh, of of the way to heaven. And um, the the chapter includes some other things that kind of lead up to this that we're gonna we're going to look at. But I want us to focus most of our time there on uh, on this vision that Jacob has. Um, Let's just go ahead and dive into the text. So we're going to read beginning in verse 1. And there's only 22 verses in this chapter. Last week we read the whole chapter, and it was 46. So, hey, you know, uh, be a little bit shorter this week. <laughs> then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Arise, go to Padan Aram to the house of of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. God Almighty, bless you, and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. May He give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may make take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. Thus Isaac sent Jacob away and went to Padan Aram to Laban, the son of Bethuel the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's, Jacob and Esau's mother. Now, Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Paddan Aram to take a wife from there. And that as he blessed him, he directed him, you must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. And that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and gone to Paddan Aram. So when Esau saw that the Canaanite women did not please Isaac, his father, Esau went to Ishmael and took him as his wife. Besides the wives he had, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebiah. Jacob left Beersheba and went to, toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night. Because the sun had set, Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord the God of Abraham your father and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in all in your offspring all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold I am with you So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. He called the name of that place Bethuel, Bethel. But the name of the city was Luz at the first. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if, the, if God be with me, will be with me, and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, so that I come again to my Father's house at peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a tenth to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to obey. Father, we pray that You would give me grace and strength as I preach Your Word. Feed Your people this morning. In Jesus' name,
0: Amen. Um,
1: As we approach this text, let's remember where we're at. Like last week, we were just looking at how Jacob had stolen the blessing from his brother. His brother was the firstborn. He was supposed to get this blessing. And although, uh, as we remember, the Lord had already told um, Isaac and Rebekah when the children were not even still born yet, uh, that that, uh, the older would serve the younger. So we knew that this was God's plan, but still, Jacob went about it apart from God's plan. He went about it through trickery and he stole this blessing from his brother Esau. And Esau was so angry, he was making plans to murder his brother Jacob. And, and it tells us there at the very end of the chapter about the fact that uh, um, um, Re- Re- Rebekah then is, is uh, irritated. She's, she's uh, upset about the fact that uh, Esau has married these Hittite women. Two of them, so we've got polygamy involved, plus the fact that these were Hittite women, and and remember uh, back whenever Isaac needed a wife, uh, Abraham he's he told his uh, son Isaac not to marry one of the, uh, the the people from the surrounding area, not to, to marry one of the Canaanites, but uh, he sent the servant to get Rebecca from his own father's house from. Um, The house, the same house that uh, he is sending um, Jacob to now. So uh, that all is kind of some context that leads us up to here. Um, Isaac, or Jacob, he, he is afraid because his brother hates him, wants to kill him. And he knows he needs to go somewhere to flee so that he can be in safety. And so Isaac sends him on his way. Isaac calls Jacob before him, and he he does give him another blessing. He he blesses him, and and look at let's look at what it says here. He, he says, "You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women, just like like Esau had done." Why is this? Why is this? Now, um, I've said before this this has to do with um, religion, like uh, not so much. Uh, It's not a racial thing. It has to do with the beliefs of the people. Uh, But also, we we also need to remember in the context of Genesis, back in Genesis chapter 10, uh, you have the story of Noah. And not just the flood and all of that, but you also have um, this uh, this story where uh, Noah's son, Ham, had uh, uh, observed his father in the tent who had passed out drunk. And uh, he made fun of him. And then whenever Noah woke up, he he cursed not Ham. He did not curse Ham. He cursed his son, Canaan. And so what we see here is uh, Abraham and, and then Isaac after him does not want to see his children married together with those who were under the curse, those who were the sons of Canaan. Um, specifically Canaan. And as we see this played out throughout uh, not just Genesis, but through um, uh, the rest of the Old Testament story, who is it that that God gives them the land of? He gives them the land of Canaan. And they go into the book of Joshua and they wipe out all the Canaanites. This is a fulfillment of what Noah's prophecy was back in Genesis chapter... I think it was 9... Um, this is not something that's a continuing ordinance today. This is something that was preserving the Messianic seed, uh, the Messianic seed, the seed of the woman that that God had promised all the way back in Genesis chapter 3 that He would send. A seed of the woman would come and crush the serpent's head. And Abraham and Isaac did not want uh, the seed of the woman being mixed together with the seed of the serpent. So he says, don't marry a woman from the Canaanites. Go to Danoram, the house of Bethuel. He said, basically repeating exactly what um, Abraham had told the servant who went to go get Rebekah. He goes, uh, he used to go to Laban, his mother's brother. And and we we look at that and we think, that's just weird. (laughs) That's, isn't that incest? Um... I don't understand it. I don't really have a good explanation for it, other than to say this is just what God's word says. Um, and you know, the only thing I can think of may be the law wasn't given yet. And in, in, De, in Deuteronomy, there's, that's where the laws about that were given. And so maybe because of that, uh, there wasn't such a, a concern about it before um, before this took place. But it's it, there. Are, it's a, it's a difficult thing to really kind of wrap our minds around. And and there, I'm sure there's so many different cultural and um, uh, cultural issues that separate us from that time that it's... But anyway, he's to go to these people and to find a wife. And Isaac gives a blessing. He says, God Almighty, that's the term El Shaddai. Maybe you've heard the song, El Shaddai, El Shaddai. Um God Almighty, bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you. Those are words that we hear reading throughout the book of Genesis from the very, very first chapters where God tells Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. And while there is a curse in Genesis chapter 3 where it says there will be difficulty in childbirth, still there's a promise that there will be a seed of the woman. And there will be multiplying. And we see this uh, all the way through how how the people have continued to multiply. And uh, God gave the same command to Abraham. He said, I will multiply you. I will make your descendants as many as the stars of the sky and the sands of the sea. So He gives them this command. You're going to go. You're going to be fruitful. You're going to multiply. Uh, God's going to bless you. And He's going to bless your offspring with you. This offspring is the seed that we've been talking about ever since Genesis chapter 3. This seed will be multiplied. And um, He says that you may take possession of the land. You may take possession of the land of your sojourns that Abraham gave to, that God gave to Abraham, your father. Um, so, um, what we see here is Isaac is telling Jacob, "You're going to have the very same blessing that Abraham had: land, the land of his sojourning, the land that God gave Abraham, seed." Descendants that will be as many as the sands on the seashore. And blessing. He's going to be fruitful. So, Isaac goes. He obeys his father. And and in the meantime, while all this is going on, Esau saw what had happened. And it repeats. He tells us, Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob. And he went away to rim to get away from there. And so, it occurs to Esau, oh, my parents are not very happy that I married Hittite women. And so, instead of repenting, saying I'm sorry, and I'm going to live my life for God forward, he decides to just make it worse. So, he gets another wife. He adds to that. He, he thinks he's trying to do better by getting a, a wife from uh, the daughters of Ishmael, another someone that was not from among the land, not someone that was a descendant of the Canaanites, but even a descendant of Abraham himself. Um, but it was not, not God's plan. I mean, it's just more wrecking of the family. Adding more wives. So... Then, we pick it up here with Jacob. Jacob, he gets on his way to Haran. And when we see that word Haran, something pops into my mind. Haran is the place where Abraham stopped along the way on his way when God had called him out of Ur. See, when God called Abraham out of Ur, his father Terah was still alive, and they started their journey. They traveled up to a place called Haran And they settled there for a while and his father died there. And then God came to Abraham in in in, uh, Genesis chapter 12 and says, go away from your people and from uh, your relatives and go to the land that I will show you. And God brings uh, Abraham west. He brings him west towards the sea to give him the land that we know as Israel. And Now, brings him to this land. Now, what is happening with Jacob? He's being sent away from the land of promise. He's going to the east. He's going to the east just like Cain had been sent away to the east. When Adam and Eve were sent out of the garden, they were sent to the east. Uh, When Lot separated from uh, Abraham, he went to the east. And and going east is never a good thing. After the uh, uh, the flood, and the peoples were all separated. People went away to the east. So Jacob here, he's going away. Even though God has promised him this land of the, the Promised Land, the land that Abraham dwelt in, he's going away from it. So we see here uh, that it seems to be. If God's going to give him this land, why
0: is he going away?
1: He's wrecked his family. He's in danger. His own brother wants to kill him. And it's driving him away from the land that God's going to give him. So he goes toward Haran. And he comes to a certain place. He doesn't name us here at this this point. Because the sun had set. So he travels far enough away. Probably wasn't all the way to Iran because it says just the sunset. So he gets to the point where he's had a day's journey, and it's time to stop for the night. He gets there and he goes and he gets a rock for a pillow. I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm going with Mike Lindell on that one. Yeah, give <laughs> he can, he can you my, my pillow any day. But no, Abraham or not Abraham, uh, Jacob. He he finds a rock for a pillow. And uh, he lays his head down on it to sleep. And when he dreams, he dreams and behold, there was a ladder set up on earth and the top of it reached to heaven. Where else in the book of Genesis so far have we heard about something where the top of it reaches the heavens? The Tower of Babel. And, And you know, I think something is very significant here. You see, in the Tower of Babel story, man wanted to try to reach God. And he, through his own efforts, was building this tower to try to reach the heavens, to try to reach God. And here we see this, this dream where there's a ladder coming down from heaven. I, I think I, this... this this, this is why I think Jesus quotes this in the New Testament where uh, uh, the scripture was read from. All religion, all religion, apart from revealed religion, apart from what God has given us in the Bible, is man trying to reach God. Through our own efforts, through our own um, works, whether it be uh, through philosophies like Buddhism, like Hinduism, whether it be um, like uh, Mormonism and trying to just live to try to be a good enough person, or, or whether it be Islam, whether it be anything, that is man trying to do his best to be a good person and to reach God on his own. But here, Jacob's Ladder I think is something that shows us the true God. He doesn't sit back and let us try on our own to reach Him. He's the one who takes the initiative. God provides a way. God came to us. God came to Abraham and He gave him a promise that He would have a descendant who would one day bless all the families of the earth. And that descendant finally came and that was Jesus. He was the one who was the Son of Man who said uh, to Nathaniel, you're going to see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. A a, a, A reference back to this text. Ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Jesus is Jacob's ladder. He is the way to God. A way that God provided apart from what we can do. This is not a man-made religion. It is God revealing Himself to human beings as He came and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And He He died, He suffered, He died, and He rose again. So I think when we see this, this speaks of the way to heaven. And the only way is Jesus. Well, let's look a little closer. So as he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set upon earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending upon it. And behold, the Lord stood above it. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. Take note again of this other thing. What did Jacob do to try to reach God here? Nothing. He was lying down taking a nap on a rock. He was asleep. And God came to him. And he said, behold, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and Isaac. He didn't say the God of your father Isaac and Abraham for him. No, he calls. Uh, Jacob, he identifies so closely with Abraham, he calls him Abraham's son. And Abraham was probably still alive whenever Jacob was a young boy. And then he says, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. Jacob hadn't gotten that far, He's he's going to give this land of promise to Jacob and to his offspring. Assuring us that even though Jacob is going to go away, away from the promised land, God's going to bring him back and give him that very land on which he's lying. The very land that He promised to Abraham. And He says, Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth and you shall spread to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and in your offspring all the families of the earth will be blessed. We see two things here that are repeated from what he said to Abraham. First of all, he's going to have so many descendants you can't even count them all. At this point, we haven't even seen he doesn't he's not even married yet. Just like whenever God spoke to Abraham, his wife was barren, he didn't have any children and yet Abraham was told he would have so many descendants. And he only saw one from Sarah. And then by the time Esau and Jacob were born, Abraham probably still being alive, he saw two. And yet God is here saying to Jacob, He's going to make him the father of so many you can't even count them all. not about 12 is- quite there yet, but he comes back with a whole lot more than he came left with. He says, your offspring, your offspring, I'm sorry, in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Again, this points to Jesus. God is working through this family, through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all of the patriarchs. He's working through all of them to bless the whole world. It's through them that the seed of the woman will come. It's through them that that Jesus would finally come and save the world. Then, He says, uh, Behold... I am with you. That's the promise that he gives. I am with you. That's significant. I mean, you know, uh, we we often pray, really not really thinking very much about about what we say. It says, Lord, be with so and so, and be with so and so, and be with so and so. Uh, You know, God says to Jacob, I am with you. You know, when when, when I have, um, when I'm going. Into some place where I, I think might be dangerous, I want some with someone with me who is maybe packing. <laughs> somebody who's a concealed carrier. I, I I want somebody with me who can protect me. And there is nobody better to have with you than the Lord Almighty. Amen. The one who is faithful, the one who will always keep his promises. He is with Jacob. And he says, For I will not, I, I am with you, I will keep you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Whether you're in this land or whether you go to Haran. Or no matter where you go. You know, by the end of the book, Jacob is, ends up in Egypt. And God tells him, I'm going to go with you wherever you go. He says, And I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. God is faithful. He will do what He says. He will do what He has promised. Uh, and, and, And that is something we need to remember whenever He says there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Neither height, nor depth, nor angels, nor demons, nor principalities, nor powers, nor any other created thing can separate us from the love of God. In Christ Jesus. He keeps His promises. He will not fail. He says to Jacob, I will uh, be with you until I have accomplished what I have promised to you. And then Jacob woke up from his sleep and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. Why wouldn't Jacob know it? This is the God of the universe. This is the God who made everything. Couldn't he realize that God was with him everywhere? I mean, because God is everywhere. I think Jacob may have had some idea of the culture around him in the ancient Near East. So many of the cultures of the ancient Near East thought of you know you had a god of a certain place and then a god of another place, and the gods were all territorial. And Jacob may have been getting infected by this idea. He wakes up and he thinks God is here. There's something special about the place," he says. Uh, "Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it." And he was afraid, and he was afraid, and said, "How awesome is this place? There is no other than the house. Uh, this is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven." So Jacob wakes up from the dream, and he misses the point. He thinks the focus is on the place. He should have woke up and said, that was God! (laughs) I can't believe it. God came to me, and He revealed Himself to me. But no, He focuses on the place. There's nothing special about the place. It's just the place. God could have met Him anywhere. Because God is the God of the universe. So Jacob, still, he kind of misses the point. Um, So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and he set up a pillar and he poured oil on the top and he anoints it. He called the name of that place Bethel. He calls it the house of God is what what, uh, Bethel means. The name of the city, it says, was Luz at first, but Jacob, he gives it a new name. He calls it Bethel. Which is interesting because the next time we see God meet... Jacob, he wrestles with God. And God gives Jacob a new name. He gives Jacob the name Israel. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in the way that I go, and He'll give me bread and, eat and bread to eat and clothing to wear, so that I come to him, again to my Father's house in peace, then the Lord will be my God. <laughs> now, as we read this, we think maybe that's a good thing, but I, I'm not so sure. He's testing God. He's testing it. If God will do all these things for me, if He's going to give me eat food to eat and give me clothing, then I'll serve Him. When God appeared to him, he should have said, I'm going to serve God. No matter what. No matter what happens to me, but Jacob still he is. Well, he says, "I'm going to serve you if you do this, this, and this for me." And so often we can fall into the same trap. We 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 say, "If God will do this for me, then I'll serve Him." And the fact is, God is enough on His own. And if we don't have everything that we think we need. Sometimes we we are left, like Paul says, hard-pressed on every side. Crushed. No, no, no. Oppressed but not crushed. We, we We may feel that the world is caving in on us, and yet God is still with us. God is still with us in the midst of those things. We serve God because He's God. Not because of all the things that He can do for us to make our life better here and now. No, He promises a new heavens and a new earth where there will no longer be any sickness, any pain, any any, uh, sadness, no more tears that we look forward to one day. And then He promises... That of everything that he that he has given, he'll give a, give a tenth.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think here, even even here, we see Jacob again, kind of missing the point. He thinks, I, I, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, because you've been so good and you've shown me who you are, I'm gonna give you a tenth of everything I have." And you know, we know from the Old Testament that was the minimum. <laughs> And Jacob thinks he's doing something very great.
0: Um, uh,
1: So a couple of things we see here. First of all, we still see Isaac and Jacob and Esau all presented as missing the point. They, They didn't get it. They didn't get what God was doing. All of these things that He was doing, He was doing to save the world. They were thinking about their own interest, and God was thinking about the promise that He made that He would send someone to save us all. That all the families of the earth would be blessed through a descendant of Jacob. Second, let's not fall into the same trap of serving God because of what we get. God is God. And He deserves our praise and admiration. He deserves our love and our obedience not because we get the things we want, but because He's God. Because He made us. And finally, Jesus. Jesus. Is the way to heaven. Amen. We can try like the Tower of Babel to, to, to try in our own efforts, in our own philosophies, in whatever we want to try to do to re- get to heaven on our own, and we can't do it. Man made religion will never get there. So the old song, that uh, we used to sing at camp whenever I was a kid. You can't get to heaven in a Kleenex box, you know? <laughs> you can't get to heaven through human-made means. The only way that we can have a relationship restored with God is if God does something first. And He has. He sent Jesus. And I believe that... Those who are present here today, as far as I can tell, we are believers. We are all uh, looking to Him. But if there's anybody that in your own heart, you're still trying on your own. Stop trying on your own. Jesus has been given by the Father. Look to Him. He's done it all. He's done it all. Look to Jesus and rest in Him. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for what you've done for us in Jesus. Thank you that it does not depend upon us and our own works, but it depends.
0: Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at redeemerbaptistpanama.com, or you can like us on Facebook.